Hello, and welcome everyone to the first AnyLine Anytime podcast of 2021. My name is Mark Babin, and it's a pleasure to have you with us today. In this exciting new episode, we are joined by automotive AI and innovation expert Peter Fintel, working with one of the top innovation and engineering consulting firms at Capgemini Ultron. Peter provides some incredible and in-depth information on automotive AI and process optimization. This interview is packed full of amazing takeaways and thought-provoking information that I know you'll find useful and interesting. So let's get into the episode, and I'll see you on the other side. Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure having you here. We really appreciate your time. Mark, uh, thanks for having me today. Uh, It's a real pleasure talking to you, and I'm looking forward to an interesting discussion. As well as as well as my, uh, it's going to be a great talk, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to dive into these topics that we've we've been speaking about. So before we jump into the automotive industry, uh, I'd love to provide a bit of background on you, um, what brought you to your current position, and uh, also other projects perhaps that you're currently actively involved in. Absolutely. My pleasure. So uh, I'm an electronics engineer by trade, uh, also completed an MBA. So I'm really coming from the technology side of of business. I started my career now nearly 20, 25 years ago in the biomedical field as a research assistant at the Medical Institute at the University uh, University Clinic of Innsbruck. And after some years, I changed from uh, the medical field to automotive and uh, in that area, uh, mostly powertrains, powertrain developments. I worked uh, for over 10 years, uh, so globally for the major major OEMs, so, um, also engine manufacturers. Uh, seven years of this time I spent working in, in China, so I had the absolute honor to uh, uh, be a part of that magical rise of the uh, Chinese market to become the top auto market in the world. So that was an unforgettable experience, um, which I'm very grateful for. And now since six years, I am with Capgemini Ultron uh, in my role as um, Director for Technology Innovation. That means research programs, development programs are my responsibility, uh, and also partly uh, strategy consulting for our clients Um, personally. Uh, I'm focusing on the automotive area, and my key topics are, of course, autonomous, connected, and uh, electrified mobility of the future. Wow. Well, (laughs) that's certainly a a powerful resume. The experience must have been absolutely amazing. And uh, yeah, I think that provides some some serious credential for the discussion today. So thank you so much for that uh, quick summary. So let's jump right into the deep end. Uh, Now, knowing your comprehensive background that you just shared with us on the subject matter, I want to ask about the impact uh, of AI within the automotive industry. Uh, So starting more general, perhaps on this point. Now, not only looking at AI and autonomous vehicles, but also looking deeper at the process behind the scenes, the ones that perhaps people are, are less familiar with or simply oblivious to. 
Absolutely. I think that's a good point because the impact of AI for the automotive industry is profound. Uh, certainly, um, when you talk about AI in the car, you think about robotic vehicles that will drive uh, passengers safely around and, and make uh, mobility services uh, a whole new a whole new great business and all that. But it's much more, right? So artificial intelligence will touch all parts of the of that value chain. It's, so not, it's on, not only the product itself, but it's also the way how we create products uh, in terms of engineering and development here is AI um, really destined to, to, to help and, and revolutionize potentially that process, but also how we manufacture the goods. So AI on the shop floor, this is one of the of the, the biggest levers um, for, the, for the industry to gain efficiency and uh, create new exciting products and services. Yeah, like you said, there's so much more that happens. And I think it's really important for people to recognize that as well, because it's so much more than, yeah, just that future dream of like we see in every futuristic movie with cars driving themselves and all of that. It's so much more in depth and there's so much happening behind the scenes. But of course, and we'll touch on it a bit later, but there's so much more that can be done uh, to, to facilitate that growth. So I really look forward to getting to that. So uh, in your introduction, obviously, you mentioned the rise uh, in the Asian markets with vehicles. So I'd love to touch on a sensitive subject for uh, Europeans, and that's looking at um, how European auto, auto European auto manufacturers such as Germany. I remember growing up, Germany was always the king of innovation. Everything that was innovative on a, a, a new car came from a German automotive group. Uh, but in recent years, we've certainly seen that slip and we've seen other markets like the Asian market uh, manufacturers based there. Uh, like you mentioned, they've really become king of the hill when it comes to innovation uh, with vehicles, processes, um, you know, certain aspects of the vehicles themselves. Uh, so I'd love to know your your impact on on what caused the German market to fall behind. And then, uh, of course, how do you expect them to return to be king of the hill? Right. So that's a very tough question, Mark. So as you know, if you look past uh, 70, 80 years in, auto, in the automotive history, you see that um, some decades have been dominated by, by manufacturers of certain countries. You know, there were there were years where the Americans uh, were the, the pinnacle of, of luxury and engineering. Uh, the British uh, also had, had very good years. Then came the, the Japanese along. And then in the past, uh, as you said, 10, 15 years, Germany Germany really uh, not only occupied sweet spot in luxury and innovation, but also when it comes to mass market vehicles, um, the German the German manufacturers did very very well and uh, consistently uh, rose rose to the top producers um, in the world. So in the last years, uh, Germany had had to take some some beating. You know, there were uh, on one hand um, the um, the public perception um, was that in in the in the hot top it's like autonomous Germany is not really the pacemaker anymore. Tech companies from the Silicon Valley are doing this. Uh, also, uh, in terms of future propulsion, um, there was uh, the one or the other scandal, which definitely did not help in the public perception to cement um, the innovation leadership um, image of, of the, the German, German manufacturers. And last but not least, uh, other, other companies were 
faster, uh, better in marketing when it comes to bringing um, electric vehicles to the road. So indeed, uh, there is a pressure for the German OEMs uh, to, to, to act, to put their act together and not to lose uh, their, their, their place in the, in the ranks. Um, but if you, um, public perception image beside, if you, if you look at the, at the cold hard facts, you know, the selling statistics, product pipelines and, and functionality of the products of the market, I think the, the German automotive industry is, uh, on a, is on a, in, a, in a good direction. Yeah? The product portfolio uh, for, electrified, for electrified vehicles is, is filling up, right? Um, also thanks to governmental measures, um, the sales of electric vehicles are really, really taking off. And uh, um, the companies, most of the companies, they have, they have, um, it's not finished yet, but, uh, but on a good way in the progress of making a cultural change, right? From away from seeing uh, the internal combustion engine as the only solution uh, for for the automotive industry um, towards uh, a more technological open solution, mostly battery electric vehicles, but for some manufacturers also uh, fuel cell vehicles. So they work actively on that direction and uh, want to keep their base. So that's a good thing. In terms of um, uh, a very popular topic, you know, automated driving, autonomous vehicle, clearly the, the, the pace is given by American companies at the moment, at least in the public opinion. Um, and uh, those, those companies, they're good at marketing, they're good in development, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, but they are also, uh, some of them are also willing and able to, to integrate the clients much closer in their development process. So we're talking about the famous beta versions, right? And uh, this is a huge difference to, to, to German or European engineering. Um, Germany especially has a, a very uh, specific angle when it comes to product and functional safety. So uh, giving half-baked solutions in clients' hands, this is not something they you want to see from them. And that's, that's also one point where the development might uh, look a little bit behind, right? Because those 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 iterations are not publicly available. One thing, um, but on the on the on the flip side, uh, these these um, tendency to to have excellent safety in the products, you know, the, this understanding that uh, products need to have an excellent safety, that also leads to the things like Germany will be the the first country or one of the first countries in the world who have a real legal framework to bringing uh, um, automated driving or uh, specific uses for automated driving uh, on the roads, right? So mid of this year, Germany will have a law for the highway pilot, right? That 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 uh, users can safely and legally fine uh, use this function on the roads and the equipped vehicles. So that's a, that's a, a thing where, where Germany is definitely uh, making the pace in an era. I love that last point as well. So the fact that legislation and, and certain uh, yeah, laws are going to be coming into place that allow for these types of things, that should only propel that development then in your eyes. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's necessary. You know, clearly, it's a it's a huge technical achievement um, when you see the, these these pilot programs in the U.S. in Arizona or in California, uh, where where vehicles drive around. But as I said those are test cases, right? And it's 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 only done with a special permit. Um, but for for cases like vehicle logistics, highway pilot up to sixty kilometers per hour, valet parking, and all that stuff, so that will be a standard 
use case or a standard legal case in Germany by mid of by mid of this year, and that's a huge step forward for the industry, and it will push uh, that the adoption of those technologies in the German market. Yeah, it really should allow uh, yeah the whole industry to push for that as well. And I think we would see the similar in North America with those following again. So perhaps leading in other ways, we'd see the the European market to propel the industry as a whole rather than individual Clearly, uh, thanks. Yeah. For me, this is another another example, Mark, where Euro can pace the way. Uh, you know, it's like with the, for example, the European uh, uh, General Data Protection Regulation. The GDPR may laughed about it, yeah, because it makes everything so comp- uh, so 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 complicated. And uh, is this is this this sort of protection really necessary? But it turns out now, after a year or two of implementation, uh, that it is the gold standard. Yeah, and many more countries in uh, globally will adopting it. And I personally have the feeling that uh, this is a golden opportunity for Europe if this framework, the legal framework for autonomous driving, it can be affected in Europe and will be then be a role model for many other countries in the world. That's good to know that there's still opportunity uh, beyond yeah, propelling the industry as a whole rather than individual elements. I really like that. That's great to know. So thank you so much for that. Now you touched on this uh, a little bit in that previous question, but I want to dig a bit deeper when it comes to fleet management processes. Now, some of our partners, um, when we speak to them about the industry, we know how complex uh, it's filled with complex and time consuming tasks that don't need to be done uh, manually, but we hear it from our partners all the time. So for you, uh, where do you see the potential optimization here? Now, looking specifically at companies who perhaps haven't gotten into AI processes or optimizing those processes, um, where do you see the opportunity uh, within this fleet management industry? Mm-hmm. So generally for fleet management and, and logistics, if I if I may extend your question a little Please. bit, Mark. So, um, you know, we all hear about uh, the buzzwords of, of 5G, Edge, AI, and so on. Yeah. So, uh, yes, technology per se is not the benefit. Yeah. But in, in that case, the opportunities you get from, from these technologies, they, they are huge. And especially the topic has mentioned the, the, the whole logistics area and fleet management area. So I re- it really starts from, from the assembly line to bringing the, the vehicle in clients' hands. And here, the impact uh, of those technologies, they are huge. Um, uh, I think for vehicles, you know, they are valuable. They are they are currently vehicle logistics, so yeah, they're valuable goods. They consume a lot of space and need manual interaction for shifting around. And this will change with the help of 5G Edge AI. So uh, very soon, vehicles will roll off automatically from the assembly line and drive themselves logistics area right um wow notify that and their whole interaction with with which requires human capacity will be much 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 reduced right so so that's that's one that's one example that's one example where those technology can help uh, same for the whole fleet management um, business or processes and the, the rental car business so in the future uh, that that whole that whole interaction the client touch points that will become much more seamlessly Right, so you don't need a you don't need a to get the physical key anymore. The vehicle drives at, at the airport. You the vehicle you rented at the airport. It will drive to you. It will pick you up. Right, and the same when you when you when you um, return the vehicle. So on all these these automation, as I said, it's not only in the product but also the processes behind and also the the the, the whole the whole interaction that will be much more digitized in in the future. It sounds so futuristic to have you say the car will come pick you up, but it's it's a realistic 
future for us. This isn't something in the movies. No, absolutely, absolutely. The technology is here uh, to to um, large parts of the technology. You know that the car can drive itself and so on uh, under. Uh, external supervision that's in the cars of today already and if you equip the surroundings yeah in a controlled environment like you have at the assembly line or in a special parking garage in at an airport uh, this is a use case you can have right away wow and there's obviously multiple steps to get to that point but i think what you're saying is we're headed in that direction uh confidently Clearly, the technology is there in Germany. We will have, as I said before, the legal framework for that within 2021. So that means the floodgates are open. Well, yeah. And once those are open, uh, the <laughs> development can start or has already started, but will start to be deployed. That's yeah. brilliant. So uh, I'd like to change page a little bit here and touch on a really fascinating topic and one that uh, we here at NALN are, are continuously surprised by. But the whole industry around counterfeit parts uh, and the gaps that exist within the traceability of this. Now, I read recently that worldwide, the automotive industry loses around $12 billion annually due to counterfeit parts. And that's not even mentioning the loss of life and the safety risk that goes with these counterfeit parts and the danger that surrounds that. So can you help to... to highlight and shed some light on on the importance of having digital processes within uh, the auto parts sector. And then uh, obviously we don't want those numbers to rise. And we know there's OEM and legislative issues here. Um, but really building that bridge between, you know, showcasing the need for uh, automated processes just just based on mass. Mm, clearly, yeah. I think counterfeiting, you know, it's it's a serious problem for many, many industries. And in in uh, in, in areas like automotive or aerospace or, or medical application, so that's not only a loss of revenue, but it's a serious safety risk uh, for, for, for users, for consumers uh, by using counterfeit parts. Yeah. So, and and here the industry uh, in the past it was the, the typical case of ooh, what do I do if I use counterfeit brake pads or something? Yeah. That's a a small issue and but could have a serious safety safety incident but in the future you know the vehicle is moving to become from a physical goods a cyber physical system so we are talking about the software defined vehicle in the future so uh, this counterfeiting at the moment we look at physical stuff but in the future we also need to look uh, on, on 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 software parts or complex mechatronic system um, to to ensure that the integrity the safety of the of the vehicle is not compromised and if there are any any break in that in that system, um, that um, that these breaches are are identified and 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 uh, communicated to the user that something is wrong. So I think in the in the future it's not only uh, about having having proper counterfeit measures for for physical goods. You know, typically it's serial number reading, it's embedding RFID, uh, it's securing the value chain by blockchain uh, across multiple steps of the value chain. So those are the typical aspects. But in the future, it's it's much more than that. How to integrate those uh, physical measures, right, with uh, with the bridge of of product integrity in the domain of, of software. That's really good to know that we're looking much more beyond just the physical. And it's a really, really great point to bring up because it makes so much more sense when you think about it. There's so much more than the physical to the cars, especially when we're looking at the future with AI being more actively involved in the actual use of the car and, and counterfeit parts in that aspect could cause huge problems. 
Absolutely. And here we are not only talking about uh, the, the the wrong code, right? But also, uh, are we sure that the integrity of the, the integrity of the whole development chain has never been compromised? So imagine an AI, a neural net, uh, which whom you sneaked in wrong training material, right? Or wrong test mm -hmm. uh, material, you prove it against. So that would be that would be a serious uh, safety issue. And all that aspect need to be need to be handled need to be accounted for. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that, that really feeds really well into the next point I wanted to bring up. And, and that's more to do with that tracking and tracing and that traceability mm -hmm. of, of certain aspects. So moving to a future outlook, looking at sustainability within the industry, um, can you share some of the methods and the importance of tracking and tracing? And we just mentioned a few, but looking throughout the entire automotive industry. So beyond just counterfeit, but from supply chain to manufacturing. Mm, absolutely. Um, so I'm glad you mentioned the sustainability topic because this is this is a, a real um, uh, field where automotive OEMs can make a, um, a real difference. Yeah, in the not only industry but also it will become a decisive factor for selling their goods to to consumers. Yeah, no matter it be a physical car or a service in the future. So um, sustainability gained gained much momentum and uh, uh, the shift to electrification, right? So driven by the CO2 regulations overall, the shift to electrification really put that topic in the in the limelight to the end consumers. You now, when it comes to batteries, uh, some battery chemistries, they uh, require uh, rare rare earth materials, yeah, like cobalt, manganese, whatever. Um, and uh, the, the, the sustainable and ethical uh, um, correct sourcing of those materials, that's a huge issue. And uh, many, many, many companies now now have declared that they not only want to be uh, CO2 neutral, right, in, in, in a couple of years, but also to ensure that that whole process of their product is, is ethically done in the proper way. So uh, here to, to securing these, these value chains, right, from, from uh, mining of those materials to the processing and, and finalizing of the products, this, 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 this usually spans uh, literally across the globe, right? From Africa to Asia, to America, to Europe, till it lands in a vehicle. So this is a huge challenge. And uh, uh, making this, this safe and, and realizing that goal, uh, it is not possible without digital tools like, like blockchain and all that stuff, yeah? So that, that's a huge, a huge field for, for the automotive industry. And so with so many variety in the processes, uh, I guess when it comes to a, a, some type of solution that can collect data, some type of data capturing tool, I think yes. perhaps a lot of companies aren't willing to make that, that transition or that jump because they have their processes in place. They don't want to alter what they do to, to match perhaps a data capture solution mm -hmm. that, that has to, you know, like A has to equal A. But I think it's really important to know and for them to know that having a custom solution here is not only possible, but available very, very quickly. So they can have their processes and then develop a tool to meet their processes. So I guess the specific needs for each processing company can really be answered by a custom solution. Correct? That would make sense to you? That makes sense, Mark. There is there is um, another another angle I would like to bring in. Please. Uh, so we talked before about, for example, sustainability. Yeah. So the whole the whole world is hopefully moving towards a circular economy where we are reducing waste and uh, and ensure. Uh, 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 
a, a, a nice place to live for whole humanity in the in the years to come, so 2050 plus. And if we want to come from the the current model, how we produce things, how we how we create a lot of waste also during that process to a circular economy, there is a need to touch process. Right? So we need to change. But the key still remains, and this is true what you said, that the tools, the solutions, the applications, they need to fit to the best, to the optimum process. So, and also here, uh, no matter it be on, on, a, on, on a high flight level, or if it is specifically on scanning or making uh, the product system understanding the goods, right, by recognition systems and so on. So the best solution is to really uh, use a, a CAPAP framework or reference architecture, which has uh, the capability to be adapted to your specific target process, right? And not the other way around. So this this time is over where we where we adapt our our working our working way and processes to a given um, to a given IT framework that is that is um, very that is um, yeah not adaptable right mm -hmm. this is this time is over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, brilliant. I love that. Uh, so we've spoken a lot about the future and the realism of the future in this industry, but I guess to kind of wrap up the, the discussion here, I'd love your opinion on the future of the industry itself, mostly related to the Clearly. biggest changes, the biggest changes yeah, in the next year. Um, mm -hmm. Where do you see them and what do you see being the largest impact? So um, as we say at Capgemini, yeah, the, the future of the industry is, is intelligent. So it means that the intelligent use of, of data, so that's the major driver for the future success of, of companies and of the society. So it's about intelligent products, clear, intelligent operations, right, the manufacturing processes, and uh, also intelligent services throughout the life of the product. And uh, what does that mean? Uh, it is we need to bridge the gap between the classical IT, between the OT, right, that makes all that happen, and between engineering, product engineering of all that. So this, this closing that bridge, that will enable the next step of, 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 of the industry. Uh, so the, the, the profound impact of key technologies like 5G, Edge, and AI. So this will, as I said, will be felt across the whole uh, value chain. And this, uh, the, proper, the proper use of those technologies, right, it will manifest itself not only in great products and services, but also in sustainable uh, future revenue streams. So really bridging that gap is the future. When it comes down yeah. to it, no matter which elements we're talking about, it's connecting them as exactly. easy as possible. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Well, that's great. That really wraps things up uh, perfectly. Puts a nice little bow on top of the conversation to, to know that that's, it comes down to the simplicity of that. So Super fascinating talk, Peter. I really, really appreciate your time here today. Um, I've learned so much personally, and I hope the audience has as well. But we really appreciate uh, your time today. And uh, yeah, we look forward to what the future brings. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Mark. It was really a, uh, an interesting discussion. Thanks for that. And also, it was a real pleasure talking to you. Yeah. Thank Brilliant. You. Thank you so much. An absolutely incredible discussion. I had no idea that AI and automotive innovation was so far along already. From the processes that happen behind the scenes to the ones we will eventually experience ourselves when driving down the motorway. A very big thank you to Peter for allowing us this look at the innovation behind AI and the automotive industry. 
I hope you were able to take away some great learnings just as I did. Until next week and a new episode, I wish you all a fantastic day. And as always, stay happy, stay healthy. I'll talk with you soon.